Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. Hey family, welcome home to Forward Live another Sunday, and I am excited um, about God. Worship was just amazing, and I enjoy this church so much, yes. man. But I am excited about the message. If you have a Bible, find a Bible, grab a Bible. We're going to read. We're actually going to do a good bit of reading. We're going to start off with just one verse and um, see what God has for us today. Luke 17, verse 5. Luke 17, verse 5. You ready? There we go. Y'all remember growing up in church, they say, when you have it, say amen. And half the church, half the church alive. Anyway, um, so the Bible says, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The word faith means this, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We're in a brand new series that I'm pumped about. Say brand new. Brand new. I'm excited. It's called Faithful. 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 And I believe it's a very necessary series, especially in the times that we're in, man. So much going on in the world right now. People are confused. People are um, anxious. People are worrying. And I think more than ever, we need God's faith on the inside of us. The reason I'm calling the series Faithful comes from this idea that faithfulness is a result of being full of faith. Faithful. Whatever you're full of, you'll be faithful towards it. So this is what I think. Like, I think that our actions are just a result of whatever our true belief, belief is. I believe that. Um, you know, so for me, it's like prayer. Like, things of God. I try to make the things of God practical. So it's like, I believe that I would pray more if I really believed in the power of prayer. Okay. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I believe in the power of prayer mm-hmm. when I have to believe in the power of prayer. Uh-oh. But I don't believe in the consistency Sometimes a prayer, mm. right? Like, so if we're in the hospital and they're like, yo, your son ain't going to make it. Like, I know, I know how to get a prayer through, right? And I know some people who know how to get a prayer through. I'm going to call mom and them. We're all going to get together. We're going we're gonna to call fire down from heaven. We've done it. I know how to do that. But do I really believe in the power of daily prayer? Wow. I think that's a, a real question. Because if I was full of faith in that area, then I would be faithful concerning it. Right? Do I, do I really believe that if I skip prayer time today, that it won't really affect anything? Jesus. Ah, just, uh, I, I ain't really got to pray today. I mean, it ain't, ain't going to really change anything. Or will it? If I really believed it, there was nothing that could keep me away from it. And I really think that this is the problem with not just myself, but many, many, many believers around the world that we don't really totally believe. It's like this little... The speck of unbelief, <laughs> you know. I love the honesty of this guy. Jesus comes to him, and uh, he needs a miracle. And Jesus is like, yo, anything is possible to them that believe. Mm-hmm. And the man says, well, hey, I believe, but help my unbelief. unbelief. Like, I come to church, and I sing the songs, and I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm down. But it's like, mm, just like a little. Mm-hmm. It's something affecting my faithfulness. Mm. 
And in this series, I want us to become full of faith. So this is going to be a very interesting message, and I'm excited about it. But just to bring the, home, the point home a little more, I have this thing. My wife knows this. I have a thing for smoothies. It's kind of new, but I've always kind of liked smoothies, but now I'm, it's, I don't want to call it an addiction because y'all, y'all counselors and y'all are already ready. <laughs> Anytime I say anything, you're like, let's, let's do ministry. <laughs> let's do ministry there. You're addicted to smoothies. What, what's the root behind this smoothie? But let me just say, I love I love smoothies, right? And my wife, she, she makes it easy for me. She buys me these uh, pre-made smoothie packs. So you just put them in and you put some. And then I found out a trick. I used to make them with milk and I didn't like that because I don't like milk. And I started making them with apple juice because I went to like Smoothie King and they made it with apple juice. I was like, wait a minute. So apple juice changed it up. So I started making them with apple juice. And now, I'm, don't want to say addicted. Now I, I like them a lot, right? So something happens. This is, happens every day. I make my smoothies. And the smoothie machine is like an alarm for my kids. That's true. It lets them know. I I don't care where they are, what they're doing. When I start that machine, they literally come running in like just some hungry little animals. They're like, oh, my God, smoothie, dad, smoothie, smoothie. Some of them came and said, I want a movie. I want a movie. Give give me a little, a sip, a sip. This happened today. This is a true story. This is a true story. So they're going to attack me for my smoothie. Now, here's what I figured out. I make sure I put apple juice all the way to the top mm-hmm. with my fruit and all my stuff because I know that it needs to be full because I know that they're requiring something from me. Mm-hmm. And so I make sure that I have enough to share. My God. This is why it's very, very important for us to be full of the things of God, full of faith, full of joy, because you can only give what you have. My God. You can only give what you have. And it's difficult to share something that I only have in part. And so maybe this is why the disciples, Jesus is teaching. This is what he, what he does. They, they hang out with Jesus, they're around Jesus, they're with him, and Jesus always has something on his chest. He always has something on his mind. I mean, he's, just, he's full of a lot. He's full of wisdom, right? He's full of passion. He's full of joy. And so he's with them, and he starts talking to them, and, and they, they interrupt his message with a request. See, I, I told you, I, I thought I, this is why this message is interesting for me, because I had somewhere I was going, because I like this verse, and sometimes I do that. I'll pull a verse, and I say, I'm just going to preach this. Give me faith. I need more faith. Give me. And so I was going there, and Jesus said, well, well you know, check the context. Context. Context is king. So, so check the, what, where did this verse come from mm-hmm. when they asked for him to increase their faith? And when you see the discussion that's happening, this is so bomb, y'all. It's a Luke. They interrupt him mm-hmm. to ask for this faith. Whoa. We're just going to read it. We're going to read it. We're gonna, I, I contemplated, should I read the whole thing? Man, my wife do this thing. How much of the scripture right. should we read? I was like, I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> Go for so Luke 17. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do this thing that our staff likes to do. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Okay. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. One day Jesus taught his disciples this. Betrayals are inevitable. Woo! Underline that. I ain't, that ain't really, you know, I was looking for something when I was studying, so that ain't really hit me. But betrayals are, in other words, he said, yo, expect to be betrayed. Okay. It's going to happen. But great devastation will come to the one guilty of betraying others. Okay, I like that. It would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment of betraying one of my dear ones. Good Lord, Jesus. 
Jesus, I don't know this Jesus that y'all thought he was, this little passive, little chill Jesus. Jesus used to cut through a little bit. He came for it right here. He said, so be alert to your brother's condition. Verse 3, and if you see him going the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. Hey, listen, man, your silence can cost someone their life. My God. It says, cry out, correct him. Watch this. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No, ah, all right, Jesus, come on now. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you, in one day, and says, I'm sorry, I am changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. Verse 5, upon hearing this. <laughs> Man. Whoa. That's good. Whoa. Upon hearing this, the apostle said to Jesus, Give me some faith. Oh, Lord. You, <laughs> hey, wait, hey. Hey, Jesus. I know. I mean, we just, you know, we're chilling and everything, but, but uh, you must increase our measure of faith. Give me, oh, I hear what you're saying. That's some good preaching, but. I'm going to need something from you. Mm. You're going to have to give me more faith. Mm. Jesus responded, if you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, Mm. it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots, throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. Mm. I don't know what convinced me that I was going to be able to preach all of this in one Sunday, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to do this in the next 25. Four minutes. Amen. Here we go. Jesus continued. <laughs> After a servant has finished his work in the field or with the livestock, he doesn't immediately sit down to relax and eat. No, a true servant, true servant, mm. a true servant prepares the food for his master and makes his master and, and makes sure his master is served his meal before he sits down to eat his own. Mm. Does a true servant expect to be thanked? For doing what is required of them. My God. <laughs> so learn this lesson. After doing all that I've commanded you, simply say, we are mere servants, undeserving of special praise. For we are just doing what is expected of us and fulfilling our duties. I'm going to preach a message over the next few minutes. I think I got like 22 right now. Called Finding My Faith to Forgive. Man. Finding My Faith to Forgive. The Bible, the Bible could be known as many different things. Some call it, in uh, theology school, they call it the Hebrew Bible, right? It is the, the canon of scripture. I think this could actually be called the faith book. Because mm. if you really read it, it's all about faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the thread through everything from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. It's faith. It's Abel's faith. It's Abraham's faith. It's Moses' faith. It's David's faith. Faith, 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 faith. All the way to the New Testament. Just faith is all you see. I mean, it, it takes faith to even embrace the teachings of this Bible. This book is filled with miracles, promises, and wisdom. And as I was studying the Bible, I had this great idea because I knew we were doing a faith series, Faith Full. I wanted to read every scripture I could find on faith. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of them. And <laughs> I did it. And as I was studying, I noticed that faith was wired into the very nature of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it in the Old Testament. You'll see it. But then you see that mother come alive with Jesus. He, he very rarely even had a conversation mm-hmm. where faith didn't come up. At. As, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, the only time you really see, with the exception of Jesus flipping over tables and popping off at Pharisees, the only time you really see Jesus even get frustrated with those who love him, those who rode with him, those who followed him, was when he got frustrated with the faith. Mm -hmm. 
He had this phrase he would always say, Oh ye of little faith. It's a phrase that he actually said when they woke him up from his nap on the boat. He got a hurricane going on, water filling. I mean, Jesus, they got a reason to panic. I mean, it's a hurricane. There's water on the boat. The boat is going down, and they can't find you because you're asleep. And your response is, oh, ye of little faith. Peter is, <laughs> Peter is, is walking on water, bro. Like, he's on water. Like, no one walks on water. I've seen people tried. I've tried. It's, it. it's impossible. And, and I literally have tried this before. I tried multiple times when I'm at the pool. I said, right now, no doubt is in my heart. And I go straight to the bottom. And, and, and Peter starts thinking, and Jesus responds to Peter. Oh, ye of little faith. Even, how is this his response even in impossible situations? Maybe it's because God understands that with him all things are possible. And so if you're not doing what he has already made a promise, a declaration for you to do, it ain't on him. It's on your face. Faith was the theme of most of his conversations. He would approach people and say things like, hey, your faith has healed you. Hey, hey, your faith has saved you, he even told people. Whoa, faith, the power of faith. Jesus had an expectation of faith for those who followed him. And so now Luke shares this interesting episode. There's many in the Bible. This is the one we're going to start off with this week. He, he shares this interesting episode. And I want to start in verse 4. I really want to break this down over the next several minutes. It says this, no matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I am changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. Now, I have a problem with this. Now, I know some of y'all, y'all just, you know, you know, oh, got no problem with scripture. I, there's some scriptures that I, I, got a, I got a problem with. I don't understand, Jesus, why you're asking me to continue to forgive someone, watch this, who does the same thing and asks for forgiveness in the same day. Bro, bro, that's the part right there. Like, that, I get it in the same year. I get it in, you know, I get it in high school, right? In four years, if they come back, all right, nah, nah, nah. no, no, no. He says, no, 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 no. Every, if they come back, if they do in the same day and ask for forgiveness, forgive you got to forgive them. Wow. The reason I have a problem with this, because it sounds like Jesus is signing me up for abuse. <laughs> so I'm reading this like, wait, what about me? Where is, the, where is the protection for me in this? Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. You're going to have to deal with them. Like, I understand you telling me to forgive them, but it just seems like you're not really, you know, concerned about me right here. And so, obviously, I'm not the only one who felt that this verse had a problem. The disciples, in real time, right. <laughs> not 2,000 years later, they're sitting there. They're, like, you guys listening to me, they were listening to Jesus, and their response was, wait a minute. Wow. Wait, wait, before you even say anything else. <laughs> you son of God. All of that. Uh, In one day? Like, forgive them over and over? Okay, if you want me to do that, Jesus, then um, I'm going to need you to do something for me. I'm going to need you to give me more faith. Because they understood that with God, everything had to do with faith. They understand that everything that Jesus talked about was connected to his faith. And so, so they knew this. They knew this, that their faith was important. So they interrupted him before his next phrase. But watch what Jesus does. They just interrupt him. They interrupt him. They jump in, verse 5. The apostle said, Lord, you must increase our faith. Now we're going to need more faith. Mm-hmm. Really love this interruption, by the way. Because they're saying to him, they're saying, they're saying, in order for us to do what you're asking us, we need faith from you. And it sounds logical. It sounds reasonable. But Jesus' response is what kind of messed me up. 
<laughs> How many times have you read the Bible and like Jesus didn't say what would like, yeah, expected or yeah, like, yeah, appropriate. <laughs> you know, like Jesus, like first miracle, right? Mary, Mary's like, hey, uh, yo, uh, man, we, we need tell Jesus, man, we need we need some wine at this at this wedding. Like, I don't know, Mary, Mary, Mary's from Hopkins. Mary's like, listen, like, and we go party, we go party. Jesus, we need some wine up off you. And Jesus responds with, this, like, uh, what does this have to do with me? Yeah, my time has not come yet. I'm asking for wine, Jesus. What you talking about? Like, he had this habit of, like, just kind of skipping around. And here's Jesus' response. He says he's responding to their ask of faith. It's an innocent request, Jesus. There's nothing wrong with them wanting more faith. I need more faith. I pray for more faith. And here's what Jesus says. If you have even the smallest measure, here it is, of authentic faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey it. Oh my God, that will preach all by itself. Jesus, Jesus takes it further. He says, he says, it's not that you need more faith. I love the passing translation, so I'm gonna preach it today. He says, not that you need more faith, you need authentic faith. <laughs> real faith. So that means that there's a such thing as real faith, then there's a such thing as fake faith. It, it almost seems as with the statement, Jesus puts the ball back in their court. <laughs> he puts the pressure back on them, right? So they're saying, they're saying, hey, man, um, hey, hey man uh, we, you know, if you want us to do that, we're going to need more faith. And Jesus basically says, don't ask for what you've already been given. He's requiring them to walk in forgiveness. So, so he says this. He, he says this because they're like, yo, we'll do that if you do this. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to negotiate. Jesus says, if your faith was real, you'd do that and more. <laughs> he says, not only would you forgive, but you'll be uprooting stuff. Man. <laughs> Verse 7, let's just keep going, man, because I'm getting excited. Jesus continued. Now, now, this is where it starts getting confusing for me. And I know I'm not the only one who read the Bible before. Y'all, y'all can look at me like y'all understand everything you read. But I don't read the Bible before. It's like, that ain't, that ain't supposed to go right there. Right? And that's what started happening to me when I read this. Jesus continued. After a sermon, like, what, what are we talking about right now? Like, they, you talk about forgiveness. I get it. Forgive them. They come the same day. Give me more faith. Actually, if you had real faith, you'll call trees to come up. Okay, Jesus. And then he goes from there and says, after a servant, it would be so difficult for me to keep up with Jesus. I'm just being honest. If I'm sitting there, like, listening to him, I'm like, I'm looking at the, I'm Peter. After a servant, he just goes into a story. <laughs> like, this is a real conversation, y'all. Jesus says, uh, you know, uproot the tree if your faith was real. After a servant has finished his work in the field <laughs> with the livestock, he doesn't immediately sit down and relax and eat. No, a true servant, true servant, that's good enough to underline and highlight with lipstick. A true servant prepares the food for his master and makes sure his master has served his meal before he sits down to eat his own. Does a true servant expect to be thanked for doing what's required of him? What are you talking about, Jesus? So learn this lesson. After doing all that is commanded of you, simply say, we are mere servants, undeserving of special praise, for we are just doing what is expected of us in fulfilling our duties. Now here's, an, and I'm just going to be very honest, y'all. When I read this, I literally thought this was misplaced. I literally, I, I promise y'all, this is just me being true. I was like, okay, in, in translation, yeah, you know, somebody like, like the sentence doesn't make sense. And I get it because I'm the same way. Like when I'm having a conversation, my wife knows this, I would jump from A to G, 
to X, like quick on you. And I'm and they do like and I'm like, it's connected in my mind, but sometimes my mind moves faster than my conversation can keep up with. She's looking at him like that happened to him sometimes too. And and this is Jesus. This is happening. At, at least this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Jesus is just kind of skipping around, and obviously this is an accident. Uh, this is you know something messed up because Jesus goes from talking about forgiveness mm-hmm. to talking about faith to now talking about entitlement. And it just, it just seems, it seems to me that, that this is scattered, that this is not intentional, that it's not on purpose, and I, I understand that, that maybe this is a mistake, unless, unless Jesus is way smarter than I am, mm. unless his ways aren't like mine and his thoughts aren't like mine, unless Jesus wasn't actually scattered at all. Maybe, Travis, there is a direct correlation between forgiveness, faith, and humility. <laughs> so Jesus, let's just talk about Jesus a little bit. Jesus was loaded. This guy, was he was full of it. Like, I mean, he, he was loaded. Like, like, a real just OG when it came to the word, when it came to faith, when it came to miracles. This guy was loaded. And, and the thing about Jesus sometimes I have to remind myself of is that, like, he's, he's real. Right? Because sometimes reading the Bible, it doesn't feel like he's real. Like, that's how I was with, like, Bishop Jakes. For me, Bishop Jakes wasn't a real guy. Now, I know for y'all, this is for me. That I've watched him on TV since I was a kid. He's larger, like, to me, he was larger than life. He still is. I mean, I remember when I first saw him backstage. I remember the night before. I'm soundtrack. I called my wife, Babe. This is several years ago. I was like, Babe, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking she's about to empathize with me. She said, Boy, if you don't get yourself together, <laughs> yeah, I'm, dro- I'm dropping stuff backstage. And then uh, the next day, I see this man comes. He is larger than life. He's tall, if you don't know. He's larger than life. He looks like, I mean, this is Father Abraham. He comes to walk. I said, Oh my God, that is very true. So he got this whole entourage around like that. Like, he's like a guy from the Bible to me. Like, like, just to me. And then I met him. And I shook his hand. <laughs> he shook his <laughs> I looked him in the eye. And then he knew my name. And then his wife, you know, she, she would talk to me and give me special prayers. And, and then, you know, we, we would find ourselves at the birthday party. And then we'll find ourselves on Zoom calls with him. And then I, I could not believe that he's a real guy. Because for so long, he was, this, no, this guy is not real. He's a machine, but he's a, he has a real sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They're hospitable. Mm-hmm. They're kind. They're great. There's a real guy. And I believe there's so many Christians mm-hmm. that don't just feel this way about Bishop T.D. Jakes. Wow. And don't just feel this way about Pastor Stephen Furtick mm-hmm. and Pastor Michael Todd and Pastor David Crank. And you don't just feel this way about people that you see and you're like, oh, man, I, I believe that many of us approach this Bible and feel that way about Jesus. My God. The reality is Jesus was real, like fully God, fully man, had real emotions. Jesus cried. He laughed. He celebrated. Jesus built things with his hand. He kicked back and relaxed at the table. Jesus went to folks' house for dinner. Jesus went to weddings. Jesus took boat trips, went on cruises. Jesus was a real, real person. Went to visit the sick and, and taught scriptures. and He's real. And this for me might be simple for you, but it's a liberating truth for me. Because if Jesus is real, that means I could be real. Mm. <laughs> he had real emotions and had real disappointments. Man. It gives me permission now to be yes. human. 
And this is the game changer for the believer. The guy doesn't expect for you to be a robot. Mm. Ain't that liberating? Yeah. I expect for you to be emotional. You're made with emotions. Mm-hmm. And here's Jesus. And, and for me, so, so this is how I got here. I'm going to just bring you on my journey, my journey, and then we're going to land this plane together. I got here because, because I'm really hard on myself. My wife knows this, but both of us have this good trait about us that we were very... Um, self-aware, right? So by the time we bring anything to the other person, most of the time, nine out of 10, there's like that one time, but most of the time we've already known it, right? Yeah. So we're just very self-aware. But with that comes, comes a lot of like self-criticism, right? So I'm just really hard on myself, like super duper hard on my, way harder on myself than anybody else could be. I'm just being transparent for a moment. I know y'all counsel, so just help me out. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hard on myself and I fight the, I fight with like having mental clarity and peace. It's a real thing for me. It's so real for me that I take these huge precautions to make sure that I maintain my peace. Like, I, I limit social media if, if I go there at all. I limit television if I go there at all. I just, I, I don't like things clouding my mind, and, and I don't know if it's a safety net for me, or I don't, I, just, I know me, and I know that it's a real, a true battle for me, and, and so I have to contend with the noise up here. Mm-hmm. I have to contend with, what do people think? And then they start dealing with the root stuff that I don't really want to talk about. Like, are you good enough? Do you deserve to be here? So I, that bothers me, right? I have to think like, like I don't like, I like, I don't think this situation is fair. And then I, I then I take it a step further. I have these whole, I, y'all gonna think I'm crazy. Ain't nobody gonna come to church after this. But <laughs> I start, I have these whole real conversations in my head. Yeah. I replay episodes that's happened in my yeah. life, and I re, in my mind, I say things that I wish I would have said. I go, I go all the way there. It's probably why I don't even have time to watch TV. I got television shows all up here. <laughs> Netflix is in my mind. Lord Jesus. And so I'm walking through this stuff and I'm dealing with these things. And, and, and it's like, it's like, I really, I really, but the truth is I love Jesus and I really want to see people the way he see them. And I really want to love people right. And I, I really, really, really want to forgive people right. And I, I really want to pro- properly process information without overreacting. This is what I really want. And so, so I was praying about proper perspective and about walking in forgiveness and love. And God's response to me was shocking. <laughs> it, it, it knocked me off my rocker. That's what really set up this whole message for me. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared because, because me and Jesus, we, we have a certain way that, that we talk to each other. And, and th- the way that I came at him this time, I told him everything. Okay. Like, I went there. Even sometimes when I talk to my wife, I try to give disclaimers to why I feel the same way. She's like, you don't have to do that. We good. I was like, no. Nah, I mean, I don't, you know, because I'm still, I still, you know, I'm still a pastor. <laughs> So, I mean, this is what I really think, but I don't really think that. So I literally, I, I <laughs> come on, come on, be, be real. I cross out my confessions with with biblical truth because I know the word. Oh yeah. So but like, I really, you know, I mean, I, I wish their brains were smashed, but I, but I I wish that no weapon. <laughs> and I really, you know, so I'm preaching <laughs> while I'm trying to confess, and I went here with Jesus, though, and I told him how the situations made me feel, and I told him, God, I want to believe my own prayers. And I came at it. I came at it. I, I shot it to him straight. I came at him like David. I mean, you probably would have thought I was schizophrenic in my prayer because I was like, God, I want justice. But I want, I want, like, I want you to protect them. I, I want them to be covered, but I want them to be exposed. 
and, and my, my heart wants vengeance, but my spirit is calling me to intercession. And, and God, I, I know to do, I know the Christian thing for me to do is to say, God, keep them, but that ain't really what I mean, God. I, like, I'm, I'm really sick of this, and I'm torn in my emotions about this situation and about these individuals, and, and I really, I'm going to be honest, I like what you said in Luke. Could you do the whole boulder around the net thing because I feel betrayed? And can you just, but don't drown them, though, Jesus. Just make them cough up some water because they need to learn the lesson, but never mind, Lord, just bless them. So real. <laughs> and God, God, the real reason I'm praying is because I'm tired of thinking about all of this. I'm, I'm tired of this noise. I'm tired of this consuming my mental space. I'm tired of everything being a trigger. I was in a good mood until that reminded me. And I'm sick of it. I'm tired of the internal conversations of what if or why not. And God and I, we got a way that we flow. It's, it's our relationship. It's the nature of a relationship. It's always been. And prayer, I, you know, God, he'll hit me straight, even when I don't hit him straight. And so God normally hits me with stuff like, don't do that anymore. Mm. Or he hit me with, with, slow down. I pray more. Treat your wife better. Pay attention to your kids. <laughs> Love harder. Forgive them. Change that. And I'm used to that. And that's, where I'm, that's how I'm used to God talking to me. That's our father and son relationship. He typically calls me to rise up, and I'm cool with that. I take his instruction, whether I like it or not. I apply it to my life, and with that instruction and with his grace, I adjust. I'm transformed. This has been the nature of our relationship. Worship, insight, adjustment. Worship, insight, adjustment. Whoa. Worship, insight, adjustment. However, recently, God spoke to me differently. Mm. I mean, I mean, bro, I was laying it out. <laughs> like, I was straight up like, God, I'm sick of this. This is what it is. Mm. I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm going to get this off my chest today. Mm. I'm sick of it. And more than I'm sick of the situation, I'm sick of thinking about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I want to forgive, but I, like, I'm just sick of it. I don't know what, nothing will make me feel better, mm. right? I, I don't, I'm trying to dig out a solution, but I can't find one. Mm. And God responded. <laughs> God responded. He responded to me. Because this time it wasn't church talk. This time it wasn't fronting. This time it wasn't half a worship. Spirit with no truth. This time I kept it 100. And he responded. His response jacked me up. True story. This happened to me in prayer today. He responded. Travis, you're a good man. What? Hey, you hear what I just said? He said, you're good. You're good with me. He said, Travis, your dad is proud of you. He said, you're a good man. What what shocked me was not what he said. Because I've, like like you guys, I've had the affirmation of God before. I've experienced that. What shocked me was when he said it. Why would he respond? to my transparency with telling me that I'm good. I mean, I was, I was telling him what I don't like about myself, right? I'm telling him, I'm telling him about the bitterness in my heart and, I'm, and the confusion and the frustration, and I'm, I'm laying out my dirty laundry of emotions, and in this very moment, he says, you're a good man. And then it clicked. My problem with how I see others has less to do with them that has to do with how I see myself. Love others the way 
you love yourself. So when I truly accept his forgiveness for me, then I can give his forgiveness to others. When I, when I truly believe that I'm good to him, then I can see the goodness in others. Because I can't, I can't give what I don't have. Here's the key. When I operate in forgiveness, and this is where it gets heavy. Really gets heavy? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is it. This is the bomb. When I operate in forgiveness, faith says, I'm doing this because I'm called to. This means no strings attached. I serve others. See, I thought Jesus was just popping off. I didn't know what he was talking about in this scripture until I figured out what he was talking about. I serve others, not expecting anything in return. Man. It is my entitlement that leads me to disappointment. He said, I'll tell you why you're not over it. You're still waiting on them to say, I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, Travis, I need you to set the table and serve without expecting a thank you or an apology. I don't just need faith to forgive. I need a revelation of my identity. God says, Travis, all you have to do is remember who you are. You're a servant. He says, you are a good man. You are, you're, you're a good son. You're, you're, you're a good, here it is, servant. And so more than ever hearing someone else say, I'm sorry, what I really need to hear him say is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're overwhelmed by your goodness, your kindness. Thank you, God, for being able to handle our truth. <laughs> and being able to speak your truth over us. For those who are watching and feel devastated by life happenings and feel betrayed and feel overlooked and feel abandoned, would you let them know that they're good? And maybe, maybe the circumstances haven't been good or maybe they haven't been fair, but to you, they're good. You accept us as we are and our true identity is in you not in our works so father let us serve let us love let us forgive without feeling entitled to anything other than your approval that's that's it that that was it for me that was the switch that i was searching for someone else to say what you were saying all along. So help those who are watching to hear your whisper in this moment. You're a good man. You're a good woman. You're a good son. You're a good daughter. This is only true because God, you are a good father. We love you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey man, if something was said or done today, um, in the message or through the worship experience and it touched your heart in a unique way. I want to give you an opportunity
to respond right now to this Jesus, man. He is full of grace. He is full of love. And I understand oftentimes you may have in your mind that I got to get myself together before I can come to him. The beautiful thing about our God is that he don't expect you to get yourself together without him. As a matter of fact, he created you to need him. Today we talked about forgiveness, and the truth is it is impossible to walk in forgiveness. It's impossible to walk in the grace of God without being connected to God. He is a pursuer of those who belong to him. And right now in this moment, he is reaching for you. That's why your heart is beating. He is reaching for you. He is calling you by name. No matter what corner you're at on this planet, he is concerned about you. I want to give you a moment right here, right now, to give him the greatest answer, the greatest response to his call. Three-letter word, yes. Yes, I'm available. Yes, I'm ready to be used. Yes, I'm ready for you to change me. Yes, I surrender everything now. No matter where you are, repeat after me right now if you're making this decision. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you got up so I don't have to stay down. Thank you for changing me from the inside out. This moment marks my new beginning. I will never be the same. No, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we want to get in contact with you right now. Uh, we're going to give you more information about that, but make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you fill out the information on the link. Text us so that we can get in touch with you. And I know God is going to use you like never before. Remember, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. Move forward. Love you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Now I am saved forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time or if you rededicated your life, I am so very proud of you and you are not alone. Head over now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. Remember that your past is gone, your future's waiting. So move forward. I love you.